Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio inside the Sonesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. It's time for Travel Safely with Brian Mulligan. Travel Safely is presented by Applied Information, creator of the Travel Safely smartphone app. Well, welcome everybody to Travel Safely, the talk show bringing you the latest in innovation from transportation, technology, and entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Brian Mulligan. The show is sponsored today by Applied Information, a technology company here in Georgia focused on using technology to save lives and improve traffic. Our guest today is Joe Allen, Executive Director of the Gwinnett Place Community Improvement District. Gwinnett Place Community Improvement District is a self-taxing district. That's kind of an interesting idea, that uses additional property taxes to accelerate infrastructure improvements, security improvements, and economic development initiative in Gwinnett Central Business District. Welcome, Joe. Thank you for having me. With social distancing and things, we're uh, doing this remotely. I'm located here in uh, the IATL studio in the Infrastructure Automotive Technology Laboratory, uh, and Joe's out of his offices. And so through the magic of radio, we sound like we're all in the same place. So, Joe, tell us about GPCID, what an area covers, and what, is your, what does your organization actually do? Well, we are, as you said, a self-taxing uh, uh, district where the property owners have voluntarily chosen to be a part of this and to self-tax themselves. And then we use those funds. I like to say we prime the pump. We use those funds on studies and other things to help move projects forward, such as the uh, Gwinnett's first diverging diamond interchange, an image of it, which is uh, behind me in the background here. Uh, we use it for safety improvements. Um, we uh, actually just installed 50 flock safety cameras and tag readers in the area to help fight crime. We use it to, uh, to promote uh, economic uh, incentives. Uh, as a result of that, we've uh, taken the lead to move forward and have the area declared a tax allocation district, an opportunity zone, uh, and other things to help grow, promote, uh, jobs in this area. We, as you mentioned, we like to call ourselves the Central Business District. Uh, we were kind of where things kind of got started back in the 1980s, uh, and we are home to um, uh, hundreds, or actually uh, over 2,000 businesses uh, within the immediate area, within the 2,000 acres that uh, form uh, uh, the Central Business District around Gwinnett Place. Uh, last year, we had a $13.4 billion economic impact. Uh, on the state of Georgia. So even though we do have a yes, a dead mall, uh, this area is still truly a robust and successful part of Gwinnett County. Yeah, the, the, you talked about Gwinnett Place Mall. I can remember coming here 25 years ago. And, and as you can tell, I've got hardly any accent left having lived here for, for 25 years. You sound very southern. <laughs> I'm from the deep south, from South Africa originally. But there's been some big news recently regarding Gwinnett Place Mall. I know it's been struggling. Tell us about it. What's the plan? Yes, on December the 15th, the uh, Gwinnett County Board of Commissioners, uh, under leadership of Chairman Nash, um, uh, made uh, steps to begin the acquisition of Gwinnett Place Mall. And so we that is something we have been uh, championing for a number of years uh, to form a public-private partnership to uh, transform that site. Uh, you mentioned being here for, uh, what, think 20 or some odd years. Uh, I grew up here in the county, and I can barely remember when there was not anything there. I definitely remember as a teenager that that was the place to be, the place you'd hang yeah. out Friday and Saturday nights. And when my wife and I got married, that's the place where we registered at the Riches and the Macy's uh, for all our wedding gifts. Uh, took our kid, our two kids there when they were young to see movies, and now 
uh, we've gone full circle that uh, where we've seen the mall, uh, that it's uh, basically a shell of its former glory. And uh, now we're, I believe we're on the uptick with the, uh, with the purchase by the county of the mall to see that site transformed yet again. We've gone from a mobile home park back in the early 1980s to a center of commerce in the 80s, 90s, early 2000. And now I think we're, we're getting ready to live through the next transformative time in that property's uh, uh, history. And we're gonna really see some cool things uh, take place there. Uh, we visited several malls over the years throughout the United States that have had a similar story to Gwinnett Place. And we've seen that where the county has and the community has come together uh, that that dead mall has transformed into an area of excitement, of commerce, of livability, of walkability, and we believe the same thing is going to happen here uh, at Gwinnett Place, at the Gwinnett Place Mall site in the coming years. And we look forward to working with our new elected leadership to, uh, to make all that happen. And how do you reconcile that, or what's the plan to combine entrepreneurship with a county-owned facility. I, I'm sort of struggling a little bit to figure out how that might work. Any, any thoughts or any plans that you're able to share with us? Yeah, to me, it brings together the best of both worlds, the public-private partnership. You have the public sector that has that long-term approach. They don't have to make a quick buck in the next year. Uh, and so they can take that long-term approach and they can also bring in the desires and the wishes of the community of what they'd like to see. And then you put on top of that in partnership the creativity, entrepreneurship, the can-do attitude of the private sector. And you can create that really cool type of, uh, of development. And again, we've seen this time and time again, how this model has worked across the United States. Uh, we were just in about a little over a year ago, outside of Denver, a community called Westminster. They have a mall called the Westminster Mall, opened in 1977. Again, same story as Gwinnett Place, center of the universe, people's first job, first date, whatever was at that mall. Other malls opened up, it came, came into hard times. A community of about 100,000 people purchased that mall for about $40 million. And now they are, they've taken the mall down. The city is actually putting in green space, the, the, uh, the grid network of transportation, um, the structured parking. And again, they've partnered with the private sector to bring in residential, uh, uh, again, commerce, uh, new, new hotel, uh, new movie theater, and really creating this cool, walkable area uh, that I'm, I see that as a great model for us to follow. Because again, the private sector brings the energy, the public sector brings the will of the people and what the community wants to see in that location. And to me, it's, it's a win-win for all, all sides. Oh, in fact, that's quite exciting because I, I didn't actually realize that, even though I'm from this area and I I, as I said, when we first moved here, when it was at Gwinnett Place Mall the whole time, it was the go-to go -to place. But you're actually looking at this as from a sort of more or less a greenfield thing. You're not going to say, well, here's a mall and we're just going to try and fiddle with it. The potential is that you're going to turn it into multi-use space and, and, and walkable areas and livable and you know, accommodation and all kinds of things. Is, this, is it a really a blank slate that you guys are looking at? Yes, and again, it's not easy. It's, uh, it's, it's not greenfield development that we're used to kind of here in Gwinnett. It is redevelopment where you're going to have to take down. But again, I also look to the models of our cities, uh, the city of Lawrenceville, Duluth, Norcross, Sugar Hill. They've all used this public-private partnership model and, and successful place. When my daughter comes back now from college, uh, if it's Friday night, she's like, Dad, are we going to uh, Food Truck Friday in Duluth? 
Uh, Duluth that really when this mall opened in 1984, Duluth more or less dried up and died to a certain degree. But yeah. it, it's come back again through a public-private partnership with the city and the private sector. And now it is a cool place. It's the place people want to be. And I see using that model, we can do the exact same thing, uh, even 10 times bigger here at uh, that, uh, that Gwinnett Place Mall site. And then the halo effect of that transforming a lot of these older 1980s, 1990s shopping centers, we can get the spark of redevelopment to begin to ignite. I believe we'll have a wildfire of redevelopment over the coming um, next couple of decades in this area. And, and, you know, we'll wake up 10 years from now and won't even recognize Gwinnett Place because it will be the place to be again, and it will be the cool place that folks want to be a part of. Fantastic. And in, and in fact, you know, as you know, we're, uh, my day job is in transportation. And so uh, the idea is that, the, the, you know, there's going to be the focus on, on transit is there, this focus on cyclists, the focus on pedestrians. In our world, those are called vulnerable road users. There's some great technologies emerging to actually give priority to uh, some of these newer modes of transportation, scooters and the like. Put, you know, put these single occupancy vehicles that we've been driving around for so long and, and dominating the, uh, the, 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 the road space with. Uh, any thoughts on, on, on being really progressive in some of these areas? Definitely. Uh, we've actually, we're working on a plan right now, looking at some concepts of if you were to take them all down and eventually transit will come to Gwinnett. I know we've had two failed transit referendums, but I, I'm optimistic and I believe that uh, given the growth that Gwinnett will continue to experience over the next uh, couple of decades, uh, that transit's going to have to be a part of that uh, conversation, a part of that solution. And, and we're already looking at what can be done to help to bring transit to that. Again, as I mentioned, walkability. Uh, we're looking at uh, uh, taking that sea of parking and really looking at green space, pocket parks. We're working with our sister CID, the Sugarloaf CID. I know you've had a list on here about a month or two ago. Yep. And we have the Loop Trail study uh, that will connect uh, Shorty Howell and McDaniel Farm Park, which is literally a stone's throw from Gwinnett Place Mall, on up to the Infinite Energy Center, Swanee, and then back around. Uh, so again, we're, we're looking at, at all those type of things that, uh, that this truly is going to be um, the, the Gwinnett's future is here at Gwinnett Place. Um, that, uh, that this is the place, again, that people want to want to be because we can bring all that together. Uh, that technology, that transit solution, that walkability, it can all be here. And the great thing is we've already got the infrastructure. It's all right here. We've just got to maybe scrape things off a little bit, rearrange some things, and then, then we can get this area moving forward. And that $13.4 billion economic impact that we have annually, we can blow that out of the water in no time. Oh, fa fantastic. Well, after the break, we'll talk about the benefits of opening or locating a business in GPCRD. But now here's 30 seconds with Sarah. This is your 30 seconds with Sarah, your transportation news quick. The first solar road in the U.S. is up and running in Peachtree Corners, Georgia. Provided by a French company called Wattway, a solar road is a series of durable solar panels that are tough enough to be withstand being driven on. They then store that power and are currently now hooked up to an electric vehicle charging station nearby, with plans for later connection to their power grid. Peachtree Corners has plans in place to, quote, pave their sidewalks, bike paths, and more with these solar surfaces to help create a renewable energy source for their grid. Back to you, Brian. Oh, well, thanks, Sarah. Opening or relocating a business is costly. 
what are the economic benefits of locating in Gwinnett Place for a for small business? Have you guys got any incentive programs? Oh, most definitely. Uh, as I mentioned, we've got actually 2,841 uh, companies that are within the immediate Gwinnett Place area, over uh, almost 28,000 jobs uh, in this immediate area. And so the CID over the years has worked with our partners at Gwinnett County in the state of Georgia. Um, the Opportunity Zone that I mentioned, that is something that is in place. That is the most robust um, tax incentive available in the state of Georgia. Uh, we also have uh, various incentives such as a hub zone, a less developed census tract. Uh, also, if you locate your uh, business within the CID boundaries, the county has uh, various incentives that they make available, uh, such as reduced costs for certain applications, permits, um, certain reduced business occupational taxes, uh, some possible reduced uh, sewer and water waiver uh, charges. So there's a whole host of things that Gwinnett County has made available to help incentivize, encourage people to, uh, to locate a business here um, in, the, in the area. Uh, so I uh, encourage your, your, your viewers and listeners to contact me. We can put them in touch with uh, the appropriate people at the county. Uh, the CID's role is really to help set some of those things up, do the initial paperwork, for example, with the Opportunity Zone to get that approved, and then pass that on to the people that manage it at Gwinnett County or the uh, state of Georgia. Uh, we also have a redevelopment overlay district uh, that makes it easier to help redevelop properties in this area. Uh, and as I mentioned earlier, we have the tax allocation district, uh, which allows for tax increment financing for folks that want to come in, take a piece of property, redevelop it uh, to help give them some uh, cash up front to move uh, that initiative forward. Sounds very exciting. Have you got any sense about the time scale of this? Is this, is this six months, 18 months, five years, <laughs> 20 years? As far as the incentives that are available? No, no. As far as the whole Gwinnett Mall redevelopment. Well, that's that's still the uh, the, the question. We're, uh, the county has a 90-day due diligence time, so again, it will not officially close until the end of March. And we are already having conversations uh, with our new District One Commissioner uh, Kirkland Carden and with our new uh, Chairwoman Nicole Love Hendrickson uh, about moving forward. We've actually got several meetings planned with them uh, about what the time frame will will be. So I don't. Yeah, I, I do know, I, I think you're going to see something sooner rather than later. Uh, it is a complicated piece of property. You still have other property owners there. You've got to work through uh, some of that. Uh, but, uh, but I definitely say within the next uh, two to four years, you're going to see some activity happening uh, on that property. And it's going to be a phased-in process. People sometimes forget how large um, that property within Ring Road is. It's actually 90 acres. Uh, we did it several years ago in Atlantic Station, you could put 26 Atlantic stations in that initial, that footprint around Gwinnett Place Mall. So that, that's a huge area to redevelop. So it's gonna to have to be done, I believe, in phases. Um, and also we need to be very careful in what we want. We, I don't want us to take an easy uh, out of, okay, let's just do this you know, uh, type of thing, put on another coat of paint or something like that. Uh, we really need to be transformative. And that's why I keep using that word with that property. Uh, and that's why, again, I believe we need to take it down and create something really cool. Something is really worthy of the strategic heart of the most dynamic county, I believe, in the southeast, and that's Gwinnett County. So it's not going to be something you're going to see overnight. Um, if it was easy, it would already be done. Uh, but it is something I think we're going to have to be very deliberate about as to what we want to see on that property. So something that's successful 
for many generations to come. Sounds very exciting. And we'd obviously love to play our part in, uh, in the traffic management side and the future of transportation and making it uh, more walkable and safer for pedestrians and cyclists and so forth and all the things that we do. Uh, there's actually an initiative underway supported by yourselves in, in smart transportation. Why don't you give us the 30 seconds of, of what you guys have got in mind for uh, connected vehicles and, and so forth? Actually, we're partnering uh, with uh, Gwinnett DOT and GDOT as part of uh, Governor Kemp's uh, Regional Connected Vehicle Initiative. And our, our CID Board of Directors uh, just approved uh, funding to help with the local match to, uh, to upgrade the uh, 35 intersections uh, in the immediate Gwinnett Place area with this technology. And so this is something we're very excited about. Actually, it's not only our CID, the other uh, five CIDs in Gwinnett County have also joined in this initiative for our area. Uh, and, and this kind of builds upon what the CIDs had for years, the traffic responsive system that we've had at 49 of the intersections here in the greater Gwinnett Place area to really help move traffic through the area as efficiently as possible. And when you think you've got almost 80,000 vehicles a day uh, up and down Pleasant Hill Road, that's a lot of folks to move uh, each and every day. Fantastic. Well, I look forward to the potential to collaborate on, on these initiatives. So, uh, well, thanks so much for, for joining us today on Travel Safety. And uh, I'm your host, Brian Mulligan. We'll see you again soon. So stay safe and travel safely. Mm -hmm.